Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rakuten. It's the smartest way to shop and save. Earn cash back at over 3,500 stores in every single category. We're talking fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, subscription services, and so much more. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account or can send you a check. Membership is free and it's super easy to sign up. Rakuten has 15 million members who are already saving. Shouldn't you be one of them? It's a no-brainer. Shopping smarter doesn't have to be harder. Start with Rakuten via desktop, the app, or the extension and let Rakuten do the deal finding for you. Start saving today at Rakuten.com or on the Rakuten app. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome to a uh, post-match from the Blue Room. Uh, if things couldn't get any worse after Everton getting beaten 3-1 by Crystal Palace, the bad news is you've got me presenting instead of Matt Jones. He's thrown me under a bus and asked me to do this one this week. But the good news is I am joined by Matt Barry, Dan Vane, Warren Doyle, and Mike Blakey. Um, I'll get this out the way first, lads, right? Coleman and Gray want their arses kicking for our first goal. Coleman wants their arse kicking for the third goal. Let's just get that out the way now. Um, but, you know, no manager can account for, like, individual errors like that. But what was the plan today? You know, the manager's got to take full responsibility for Arsenal. You know, Crystal Palace are probably not as good as Arsenal, although that's up for debate. But how do you go from like that performance to that performance within a few short days? Surely you just do the same thing and like see what happens. I, I don't know. I really don't know where to begin with that performance. So I'll go to top left on my screen and Matt will come to you first. What do you make of that? Uh, I think it was a shocker. Oh, Ab- absolutely shocking. That I don't I don't understand what the game plan was. We've been crying out for four three three um in midfield and he, and he goes with that. But there, there seemed to be no no idea about how to get the transition from. Just quickly on that, about twenty minutes, he went to four two three one again because he pushed. Yeah, as well. Yeah. We've seen shots on yeah. the sidelines. He's saying two in midfield. 
Yeah. And if you're going to do that, surely the play you push up is the core, right? You don't... They... It, it, it was, but there was nobody. There was nobody triggered in the press. So when no. we were in it, with a three-man midfield, so even even Odelf was 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 the deeper of the three. He he was just doing doggies back and forth the pitch, covering fullbacks, and it, with there was just and the gaps in midfield. The the Conor Gallagher was finding was was it was atrocious. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's been really good all season. Gallagher, he, he's you know, he's got to be a great player. Yeah, certainly, yeah, probably for Chelsea. Um, but yeah, you, you can't be giving players like him space like that. I mean, we saw what we saw like sort of early on in the game. Uh, Gallagher got a shot away because we just left him in like at the edge of the box. It was just again, as, as Matt said, the press is non-existent. I just don't know what that team set out to do today, apart from possibly lose that football match like he did. It, it just seems like a complete lack of intelligence from from our players on their part. We saw on Monday that what can happen. If they if they put a shift in, and I know I think I think sometimes a lot of us get sort of lost in this idea of pressing because look, every team can press, every team can run, but you can see when we don't do it, how poor we are. And I thought we had a little bit more. I mean, it wasn't great, but I thought we had a little bit more of a go second half, and you could see that when we were on front foot a bit more, we were that little bit more effective. But you go from that game on Monday where a, a typical. Everton Goodison performance under the lights. Then players, if I was them, I'd, I'd be thinking, come on, let's do the same again. I know it's not always easy to do the same again, but when you've got players like Gallagher, like Saha, um, like, you know, uh, I thought Ayu played well for them today as well. He's not a great player. He's just an average Premier League player, but we made him look good because he put a shift in. When you've got players like that who can do something on the ball and have got a bit of something about them, you can't, you can't stand off them. And I'm getting a bit fed up with this Everton team, given other Premier League teams an hour's head start by letting them dictate. And it's all well and good having a you know defensive mindset or setting the stall out. I've just looked there. We've had three clean sheets all season. We've had two clean sheets in September. This is this is a team that's not defensively sound. Conceding goals left, right, centre. So we can't keep doing this supposed defensive. Counter attacking style, if we're not even going to be bothered winning the ball back or looking like we even want to win the ball back, it's just it's it's very frustrating. And you watch that, and you've seen that game how many times down the last five years? We've seen the same performance, the same game. It's just it's so predictable from us, really. Is same as yeah, same as the week before. Yeah, you say that word, you it is the same, it's the nothing first half performance, absolutely. Gutless. We had, I think, we had two shots. I remember Gray having a couple of shots in the first half, you know, and then you know, so, so will we even get to that substitution in the second half? You know, there's, <laughs> there's a, a poor managerial appointment that does poor managerial things. There's a bit of hope we can see the goal from a set piece. You know, it's it's everything from Everton in the last sort of five years wrapped, wrapped up into one. You know, I think Warren said there as well. You know. The store for that match was set out in the first 10 minutes. They had, I think Gallagher had a couple of shots. Um, they had the dangerous crossing from Ayu. And from then on, we we just sat back and they and we allowed them onto us. And that is fine if that's the 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 game that you're playing and you can spring out from that. But we haven't we haven't done it all season. They're throwing up the stats, you know, oh, we got 10 points from coming from behind. It's like 
well, yeah, but we've been behind in, I'd say, I, I can't remember what they said, but it's, it's over half the match, more than half the matches we played, we've gone behind. So only by law of averages, we're going to have the most, the most coming back. It's absolutely dire. I just can't see any way forward with, with these tactics, with this manager in charge. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, it, yeah, that, that, is, that is a good point, actually. It's like, we are falling behind in games that we really probably shouldn't be falling behind. And you look to the first game of the season, Southampton. The thing with that was, I think it's like we that we, we rarely come back from going to goal down over the last few seasons. We did that in the Southampton game. It was like, okay, yeah, maybe this players, this this team has suddenly got something more about it, and you know they can turn it around. But Dan, will come to you now, mate. You look at that game, and I, I don't think that team was. I don't know what it was set up to do. Well, it, it means it's and it wasn't it wasn't set up to come back because when we went behind, as, as Mike touched on, then he made that Rondon Richarlison substitution, which was mind-boggling, and we will come to that later on. But what what did you make of that? What was what was he setting up to do there? I mean, for, the first thing first, it's good to see that the the strategic review is going so well, um, <laughs> and um, we've now decided to completely hand the keys over. The man who sports Solomon Rondon three times. Let that sink in. Three times. Um, and his goal means nothing today. I don't care. I don't care. But do you know what? The, um, one, thing, the one thing I will say about that goal is, though, that does like sort of cement Palace as the sort of banter club that Everton are because Rondon scores. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he got, he he's, he's Crystal Palace's Van Wolfswinkle now, isn't yes, he? Yes, basically. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I was in a I was in a pub on uh, Monday watching the Arsenal game with an Arsenal fan, and we were both lack of direction, quality, and whatever you want to call it. And it felt like in that game, and much like today, our players almost decide to ignore what they've been told in the last ten minutes. It's almost like when they are with their backs to the wall and up against it, they almost ignore the manager and they do what they want. And in the end, we've got Seamus doing something absolutely ridiculous um, at the end, trying to sort of hoof it out from the corner flag and stuff. But I just, I just don't see a future with this guy. I don't see a future with a guy who's sort of trying to sort of rule with an iron fist and hang players out to dry. I mean, will Richarlison be next? Because he's made a, he's made a to be in substituted will he be the next one you know we've seen we've seen Andre Gomez have his usual handsome but brilliant handsome always useless 10 minute cameo you know he, he was inexplicably had his haircut you know he might as well have had he might as well have had the Harry Potter cloak on today you know it's like you know let's give up on that guy let's give up on him it's pointless you know it's We've seen everything today that encapsulates what we've been watching for years, which is players that lure us in, players we buy into because they're beautiful to look at, players that give us 15 minutes every 150 that make us feel like they might be pulling it back from the brink. We've got a manager who no one really wants, no one future. If you do, then you really need to have a think about where you're coming from because if you really think that this man is the future of what we're trying to achieve as a football club then there's something massively wrong with you because he isn't he's an arrogant man who 
has spent the last five years of his career hanging players out, going after chairman, going after owners. And whenever I'm, I'm waiting to see who he tries to get sacked this week to cover his own failings, who is he going to pass information to his mates in the press to this week to make them look like it was their fault? You know, he's only got a few more people to sack. He's only got a few more people he can, you know, use as a human shield to, to you know, to get away from the fact, worst defeat in the derby for 30-odd years, worst losing streak for 30-odd years, Solomon Rondon for crying out loud. This guy is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. And if we allow him to single out players and basically push them out of our football club and do what he's doing to us right now, you are going to be watching Sean Longstaff and Dwight Gale in the Champions Championship next year. You know, because he's a joke. The man is a joke. You know, he comes out and tells us, he comes out and tells us we ran a lot. Of course we did. We were chasing shadows. He comes out and tells us no one is bigger than the club, apart from him, obviously, because he's bigger than everybody. And it, it's just it's just unfeasible how that man's tenure can be anything other than a colossal clusterfuck. Well, yeah, the thing the thing now is as well from that game is you saw that the fans were making the voices heard. So we're thinking had fat Spanish waiter, red and white shite, and then Richarlison song in quick succession after Richarlison got solved. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you. What did um, you have something to say there? What was what was on your mind? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, Dan's articulated pretty much everything I wanted to say. You know, incredibly well and a lot better than I could. Um, but I just what there's one bit I wanted to pick up on, which was uh, the players making decisions themselves, taking things into their own hands, and it was like you know the the cup semi final against United, where the players just completely, whatever Martinez was saying, we're going to take it on ourselves. And and it looks like they've, you know, they've done that over the last couple of games, the second half against Brentford, the second half against Arsenal, second half today. But, you know, that that substitution, Rondon for, for Richarlison. Do you remember when Graham Taylor brought off Gary Lineker, brought off Gary Lineker for Alan Smith in yeah. Euro 92? And it was just, you know, the stinks of the last thing I'm, I'm ever going to do at this club. I'm really, really gonna, you know, really gonna make people remember how much of a cup I've made of it. Well, and, uh, I was trying to think if there's ever been a worse substitution I've, I've seen. There's been a more surreal one because I think I think Tom Davis came off for James Rodriguez last season, which was a yeah. very, very surreal Everton moment. But, but the um, as far the, the, as the, bad substitutions go, yeah, can't think yeah. of one. I mean, the th- the thing is, when, once you lose, once you lose the way support. Then you know you you're literally in the departure lounge. I think you know there's no coming back from that. There's absolutely no coming back from that. That that's that's the nucleus. That's the hardcore. And you know once they start booing the substitutions, fat Spanish waiter, red and white shite. You don't know what you're doing. You know that that's that's the end of it. Yeah, I think I think just on the players taking sort of a bit of responsibility. One thing I was disappointed with in particular was that second goal we conceded. Tongpins because the corner that Palace had just before that, I think Mason Holgate got a flick on and put it out of play for the throw in, but Tomkins was on his own at the back post. Yeah. And then he didn't learn anything from that corner to think, I tell you what, the, mark him because he's on the, you know the amount of times that Godfrey and Michael Keane get caught underneath the ball. You what, what are they doing in training? Tell me, how how are they not getting Key positions, front post, back post. It was just a Tompkins was in six yards of space on the back post. Yeah, 
Well, this is it. I mean, Warren, I'll come, I'll come back to you now, mate. We, we were sold this pragmatic manager, weren't we? Who gets a good defensive shape, keeps a solid team, knows how to defend. It was everything what we needed, to be honest, because, you know, some of the goals we conceded last season were just, you know, outrageously bad. Defence was leaking all over the shop, especially at home. So you think, yeah, all right, if you can get a defensive manager in, you get that, you build on that. Yeah. He's been everything but though, hasn't he? It's becoming a worry now, like I said before, about the, the fact that we've only kept three clean sheets all season. And, you know, I agree with what a lot of the, the, the lads have said about, about Benitez. You know, it was always going to be a, you know, when we lost a few games, it was always going to be a difficult one because, because of his past, simple as that. And there was parts in early, early on in the season where I thought, you know, he's, we talked about it as we've done shows together where we said, you know, he's addressed certain issues and he's, the signing of Townsend and Gray, which is what we needed, direct wingers. So we addressed them. And, you know, I'm not I'm not in any way defending them because it was always going to be a, a, a difficult appointment. And when things start going wrong like they have been the last few weeks, it's, it's going to be difficult for everyone to, to lift and come back from. But these are players now, and it highlighted again for me that second goal, like you've just said. There's no, there's no one taking responsibility. There's no one going... You do this, I'll do this job. I, I was taught, I mean, look, I never reached any decent level of football, but when I played, I was taught, take responsibility on the pitch. When you walk on that pitch, even if you're not, your job isn't to mark someone on a corner, for instance. If you see someone free, you pick them up and you just make it as difficult. Even if they win that header against you, you make it difficult. Don't give them anything free. And to see two of them come together and that ball just go past and Tompkins has got to tap in. This is this is a recurring thing for Everton now for since probably Moyes left, where we are not set up defensively. And for Benitez to come in and like like we've been told and sold, you know, he's gonna be organized, we're gonna see a structure. Yes, he's he's a lot to blame for it, but I can't keep forgiving these players because this has happened for far too long now. I think these players are not taking responsibility enough. And they're the ones that always seem to get away with the huge... I know they get criticised and I know we're a set of fans that do criticise our players and you know, don't give them much time. But we're now all jumping on the manager's back. And like I said, he's not blameless. He is a fault for a lot of things. But these players, for me, have got to take more responsibility. I'm sick of this constant... Just a lackluster, lackluster, no, no, no thought, no intelligence. You know, it doesn't. We've all talked about Ben Godfrey the last few, the last few, uh, well, the last season, and I, I think he's a great player. No matter, I don't think he's had a great season, but I still think he's a very good young player. Where is he for that second goal? Michael Keane, experienced at the back, and Michael Keane had parts of last season under Ancelotti, and even parts of the season before that. But he played really, really well, got himself into the England squad, Um so these are players that, that know what they're doing. But for some reason, they just the intelligence has gone out of them. There's no responsibility from anyone. There's no leadership from anyone for me. And I'm sorry, but I just... Mason Holgate, for me, I don't know what's happened to him since that injury. I just don't see a centre-half there who's willing to take um, that, that aggression and get us out of defensive frailties that we're in. And I just think we're all over the shop when Yeti Mean is not there. Yeah, that's a good point. He's still cops. And I don't think Yeti Mean is going to be there for a while yet because he just seems to like, you know, one game in, six games out. Uh, Michael, come back to you now. It's 
it's like it's a bit of a chicken and egg, isn't it? It's like the old argument of like, well, did the team G the fans up or did the fans G the team up? With this team, it's like who is ultimately responsible for this? Is it the players for being bad shit bags, or is it the manager for just putting a bad plan in place, or is it a combination of both? Are we just totally fucked now, or what? What do you reckon? Um, I think. Oh, sorry, I thought you said. Go on, go on, go on, Mike. Go on. Oh, sorry. Um, you know, I think you've got to look over. That's ten games now. Eight losses, one draw. One win, four points from forty. No, that's bad, isn't it? I, I can't think of a time in Everton's history where a manager has done that and survived. You know, you say the the, the fans jump the team, the team jump jump the fans. It, it doesn't matter at this point. It's the last ten games, apart from ten minutes against Arsenal, and well, ninety minutes against a pretty dire. Uh, Spurs team has been it's just been awful you know I, I, I don't I don't the, we've all said on these programs and and people on the blue room have said you know I don't think I felt as down about ever before and you know is there going to be any change you know what's going to happen on Thursday we're going to get beat you know those that set of players will go into that match as these did against um Manchester City just waiting to get beat. And so then that'll be four out of 44. You know, it, it's, I just don't, when, when, it's not always the manager, as Warren says, it, it's, you know, it's a combination of things, but there has to come a point where the fella who puts the players on the pitch and takes responsibility for the tactics. It, these last 10 games, it's a quarter of a season, a quarter of a season, and we've got four points. I, 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 I'm, I've, said, I've said it before, and I'll be, I'll be sat there on Wednesday, June one, but I'm absolutely done with them. Absolutely done. The cowards managed by a clown. That is very well put, actually. <laughs> cowards managed by a clown. That Matt. Yeah, pretty yeah, much that. It's, bad on that. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty inclusive, no, that isn't it? I, I don't it, even look at this from the fact that we got four points out of forty. I, I mean. I, th- I think that if, if you're going to try and put a sensible head on it now and, and, and have a bit of a strategic overview of it, right? We haven't got a director of football, right? We haven't got a director of football and, and the manager could go tonight. So you've got a blank canvas. You've got a blank canvas that there's five or six right. managers that go... I, I, I know, Dan, but let's... let's you know, if just hyper- if Benitez just got sacked tonight, I am in no doubt that Machine will put himself as manager. Let's <laughs> That's the next thing that happens. What was it? Who did that bloody? Um, was it? Was the uh, guy, Ron. I was chairman, yeah. He managed Brentford, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did, did all right as well. He did all right. That seems the next logical step. Yeah. Oh. But, that's but season back. five, season five of Everton. <laughs> 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 shit oh, one. Oh, I switched yeah. off on that one. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> Amazon must be fucking livid. This is the one season. This is the oh. one season where their chance. Um, but no, I mean, just. You know, we, we've got no director of football. We the recruitment team is, is is pretty much you know being gutted. And if if he went, you you can bring somebody in with a plan, somebody who's got an idea of what they want to do. There's there's three or four managers out there who could walk into this club, grab it by the scruff of the neck, and say, right, this is what we're doing. But the, the problem the, the problem is 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 in the boardroom. You know, you need. I, I think 
I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think the only small benefit that you've got with Benitez is that if Mashiri says something and he doesn't want to do it, he's going to go, no, I'm not doing it. And I, this, this thing in the back of my mind, it just thinks that Mashiri thinks, well, well, this is somebody who stands up to me. So, you know, you, you must be, you must have something about him. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so counterproductive. Yeah, so it, I counterproductive. Mean, yeah, it's like, it's like you've got the owner who he's kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's like Ken Wright, when he brought him in, he was like, I have found us the perfect billionaire. And yeah. I don't know he's a perfect billionaire. He can build the fuck out of a stadium quite clearly because that's going really well. He cannot run a football club. So he has not found the perfect billionaire. So you've got him, an absolute crackpot. Did you think Ken Wright was going to find the perfect one? He found the Ken Wright one. It's ridiculous. Ken Wright handpicked Mashiri because he knew that Mashiri would allow him to stay involved. Yeah. Well, the two no. Americans then, if you remember, the ones who bought Swansea, they offered more money, but they didn't want him to stay on. So funny enough, they never bought the club. He wanted, like, to, he wanted to safeguard a seamless transition and, and you know, and he's still there. And I'm not a Ken Wright hater. I'm not a Ken Wright outer. I'm just fed up. I'm really, really just fed up that he's found this guy. He's not very good. He's building a stadium. But, he, he, you know, he's, he doesn't care about Everton. He doesn't care about Everton the way I care about Everton. And, he do, and, and, and OK, maybe you're not going to find a, a billionaire who does and a a billionaire who's going to do all the right things at the right times, but you know, there was no right time to appoint Rafa Benitez. There's literally no right time, and now I'll say it again: four points out of ten games, quarter yeah. of a season. Well, this is it. I mean, a lot of people will probably be looking at it saying, "Well, you can't blame Ken Wright for the players being out on the pitch and the manager being shy." Because I've no doubt that Ken Wright didn't want Benitez. If there's one sort of Saving grace there. Ken Wright would have been a one dissenting voice against Benitez. But the fact is, he's not very good either. Ken Wright's not very good. At, he's not a very good chairman. He never has been a very good chairman. Um, so, you know, you, you can't you can separate the two and you can't say, yeah, the team is shit. And yeah, the chairman's shit. You know, it, it's not like all... Well, it is all one sort of cohesive mess. But you can't slag Ken Wright off and you can't slag the team off and you can't just think it's all shit because it pretty much is. Um, Dan... I reckon, I reckon you've got something to say on this. I just, I, you know, I just think we've we've def, we've descended into being this club where no one really the ambi the word for our club right now is ambiguity, right? Because no one really knows what anything is. We never really knew what Brands' job was. Some people defended him because they said he couldn't do the job; his hands were tied. Some people said, well. If you knew you weren't going to be able to do your job, why are you sticking around, right? Why are you staying there? Why are you signing a new contract in April if you know you can't do your job? We don't really know how much involvement Ken Wright has. We're being fed stories that tell us that apparently Bernard and Iwobia Mashiri deals. We don't really know what all that is. We don't really know... Is Bill giving jobs to ex-players willy-nilly because of some romanticised, blue-tinted vision? We don't really know where the money's coming from. We have some people saying it's Usmanov. We have some people saying there's no chance it's Usmanov. We have a 26-year-old board member who suddenly arrives out of nowhere who we're told that is, 
it's leaving the board through health and personal reasons. And it turns out it's not health and personal reasons, is it? He's gone to a party in Mayfair and stove someone's head in. So the club is just ambiguity. It's ambiguity. Allegedly. Because... I'll just throw it Allegedly. in there. Sorry, <laughs> Allegedly. Sorry. <laughs> so we have, we have a club that revolves and pulsates and breathes ambiguity. It never really tells us what's going on. It never really tells us who is who and what they do. It never really gives any... All it does is move Unsworth around every time. So oh, we'll give him a new thing. He'll be, he'll be, you know, chief defence of the war board later. You know what I mean? He just gets a new bloody... He gets a new title every six months so that John Ebrell can move around a bit. And we are ambiguity personified because no one... no. No fan knows what any of these people genuinely do. And we've got a guy who's just walked out, walked out of the football club, we're being told, to, to save his dignity. And it turns out that all of a sudden, Rafa Benitez has managed to wrestle more control of our football club in four months than Marcel Brands could wrestle in three and a half years. So our owner has decided out of nowhere that he's going to give more power to a man that failed in the Chinese Super League with a 30% success rate, who signed Solomon Rondon three times. <laughs> How many times has he signed him? Three. And <laughs> we are, our owner has decided, the Burke on the boat has decided that he is going to give the power to a man who signed Dwight Gale. And he's... All we're going to do now is see four guys for the next God knows how long he is going to make sure he rids the club of everybody that stands up to him, everybody that questions him. The next player who has the bravery to stick their head above the parapet will be binned. And we will be staring down in the summer of no DCL, no Richarlison, no Dina, no Pickford. They will walk, they will be bought, they will leave. We are in the hands of mad absolute even, lunatics. Even and, Jimmy Martin's in trouble with this guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, he you know, they'll dig people up to sack them. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just crazy. And today was just the perfect storm of everything this club has become. You know, we've got the away fans, you know, chanting because he's taken off one of the few players we have one of the few players we have who runs himself into the ground week in, week out because he genuinely cares and he yeah. takes the guy off for a tree and it's just berserk and we, we are just watching this thing spiral out of control and as, and as people are saying, you know, it's like we can try and defend all this, we can try and say, well, it will come good eventually and we've got to keep the same manager. We can't keep sacking managers, you know, that classic mantra. We should have it on the back of our shirts. We can't keep sacking managers in Latin, right? But uh, there has to be some point where you realise you can sack a manager because this manager is not working and will never work, ever. Yeah, I, I think the main thing is stop hiring managers that aren't right for the job. Exactly. to be the first port to call. Um, I'll just go back to that Richardson substitution then because it was totally mind-blowing. Warren, I'll come to you on this. He seems to have locked horns with Luca Dean. A strong character, clearly. And I think he could be off in January. I think he's got to be off in January now because if you've, if you've bombed out your left-back like that, Brent's international, um, top player, 
I know there's a lot of people saying he can't defend. He can defend. It's not his strongest suit. He's much better going forward. I think we do need a defensive left-back at the minute. So I can see why he's putting Godfrey there. But you can't just bomb a player of that quality out like that. Can't do that. But he's locked on and he needs to go in January if he's not going to play him. So we get maximum amount of money back for him. If he's doing the same with Richarlison, we're a bit screwed now because that substitution was absolutely mental. It was baffling, wasn't it? It was baffling. And he did well. I I honestly thought when, when 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 Rondon and Gordon were on the sideline waiting to come on, I honestly thought it'd be a midfielder and Townsend. Now, I like Townsend. I think he, you know, he started all right. He's gone off the boil a bit. Yeah. But he, has, he hasn't played well for a while. And I'm, I don't just like the fella, but he shouldn't, you know, Gordon should get a run instead of him. So I thought that was going to be the sub. And when I saw seven come up, I just thought, has he got a knock? Is it something we don't know about? Because that, that doesn't make sense. Um, and when he, was, when he was sitting in the dugout and the camera kept going on to him, he wasn't like had an ice pack on his thigh or nothing like that to signal that there was a knock. He, he, he just sat there quite glum, didn't he? And you look at how well he played on Monday and you just think, surely. And he had he had nothing coming to him. And I felt sorry for him. And the trouble is, he, he's good in the air of Charleston. He's not a target man. And the way we're playing at the minute, we, we need that focal point of, of Calvert-Lewin, which we haven't got. So the, it, it was just baffling. And, you know, that was... that. <laughs> When you've got the manager who, you know, was a former Liverpool manager and you're making substitutions like that, you have to get a result out of the game. Simple, simply put. He didn't get a result. So quite rightly, he will suffer the backlash from that, which is why the fans sang what he sang after that sub was made. I just want to quickly go back, if you don't mind, to something that Dan said before. Because I, 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 I'm sometimes loath to blame the likes of Unsworth and the likes of Ken Wright and all these and whatever, because I think sometimes we we look for, I don't want to say scapegoat, but we look for reasons for why things go wrong. Um, I'm not saying that any of them are blameless, not at all, but Dan hits a bit of a nail on the head before when he said, there's no idea of what anyone does. And I'm sure we've all got jobs, and I know in my job there's a structure, there's a structure, you know who's at the top, you know, what everyone does, what everyone's role is below them, you know, what everyone's role is below them, and it feeds down into into the people, you know, in and around whatever organisational business it is. I was led to believe Marcel Brands was going to be this director of football who was going to, who was going to find us these players, a bit like what, <laughs> I don't want to use his name really, but a bit like what Steve Walsh did at Leicester, was going to find us these cheap, young, hungry players he signs Moyes Keane, all right, that doesn't work out, but I thought that was where he was going to go. But like Dan said there, we don't even know if his hands were tied. We don't know. I, I came out with the statement, I think on one of the previous shows we had of, if he was hands were tied, he should have walked. But we don't know. We don't know if his hands were tied. We don't know 100% if it was. We only know from a few little things here and there, from a few little articles. We don't know what Unsworth's role is at the club. I know he's the under-23s manager, but does he have a say in youth recruitment? Has his hands been tied to a point? Because let's remember, he's the one who signed Calvert-Lewin and a few others. Is is he got as much influence anymore? I don't know. So I, I don't want to blame Unsworth and people like that because I don't know what they do. There's no structure. There's no leadership. There's no, um, there's no sort of guidance from anyone. And because we as fans don't know, what we're doing is we're 
speculating on what might and might not have been said. And what's that, what that's creating is just a, a, a storm of uncertainty, it's a storm of not knowing what is going on at the club. And it's just very... We've seen big clubs fall by the wayside in the last 10, 15 years. I, I, I think we're in trouble. I really do, because I think what's going on behind the scenes is feeding down to everybody at the club. It's another topic for another day, but one of my big things is why aren't why are we the only club that's not bringing through any youth players? I know oh, Gordon. Just just on that quickly, just on that quickly. Um, I was looking at Thierry Small. He's not even on the bench at Southampton. Yeah, but look, he, he might I don't know if it's because yeah. there's no career progression there. There's no chance of getting in the first team. But ironically, he probably would have got a game this yeah. year. He would have I mean, been left back. So what yeah, I, if I'm where a player thinks I'm off to Southampton to go and get a game, and he still doesn't get on the bench. What's what's going on? But what, there was a time when there was a time when your Chelsea and Liverpool and these clubs were just signing these superstars, and their youth players had no chance. And I'm looking at them clubs. I'm looking at Chelsea Gallagher. Gallagher's going to yeah. go back to Chelsea and be a superstar. You've got Billy Gilmore on loan at Norwich. Who I really rate. Who, oh, I really rate, and I think he he's done magnificent for the Scotland team. I look at us and I go, who have we brought through that's been consistent and been good? Davies started off well. Davies hasn't featured, and I've it's just it's one and six with Davies. He's not a, he's not going to feature. He's same right back, with that's right. So yeah, same with same with Gordon. Like I thought Gordon did well when he came on today, but is he going to be that player that we turn to and go and and it's like Rodwell, Rodwell, Rodwell come on the scene. He fell by the wayside. I can't think of a player back besides Rooney who's come through youth-wise and really made a difference. And like I said, that's another topic for another day. But that for me is an example of there is no idea from top to bottom of how to run a football club at the minute with Everton. And it's been going like this probably probably since Moyes left. Um, and maybe Moyes having that total control was, was, a, was a factor in that, but at least we had structure, at least we had something, some sort of structure there. I don't think Everton have had a structure since, oh God, I don't know. Probably, I can't even think, I can't even think of a time in my lifetime, probably on, probably when Philip Carter was the chairman and, and Kendall was there. Kendall was manager. Oh, Carter was shite as well, trust me. But but at least, but do you know what I'm saying though? At least there was some sort of, here's the, the, the top. And, it's, and yeah. I've gone off on a massive tangent because it's taken fine, mate. To be honest, crack, anything that anything that stops us talking about the game is fine. But I think I think we've got to realise that the reasons the reasons why we see results like today and we see it, 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 there's a bigger picture to play at Everton and something's got to be done soon. And I don't know what because if something isn't done soon, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go into a big spiral. I'm looking at just a quick before I finish off to another spoke loads here. After Chelsea, we've got Leicester, um, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, Villa. We've I've just totten up the points there. I think if we turn up, there's potential for 13 points. Do I think we're going to get 13 points out of them games, which will take us on? I think it'll take us on uh, 31 points in the next five games if we get 13 points. Do I think we're going to get Who are we beating? No, but that's oh, one that's of the, the like, points I'm yeah. going to make. This is the yeah. point I'm going to make. You look at it on paper and you go, we should beat Norwich, Newcastle at home, Norwich away. Um, Burnley, we think we could get three points out of because they're struggling. We've had three points off them before in the past, but I don't think we're going to get that. 
I don't no. think we've got that, and that's what I'm saying to you. We can't beat them teams in these next five games after Chelsea. We are in big, big trouble. trouble. Big, big trouble. Big, big trouble. There's, there's, you know, the Arsenal match, yes, it all came together in the last 10 minutes. But these next matches, Leicester have just won 4-0 today. You know, how long do we carry? Where, where does it end? Does it end on Thursday? Does it end next next Saturday or Sunday, whenever it is? When, when does it end? It has something has to change on the pitch, on the playing side, straight away. We're not going to get it at board level. We're not going to get it anywhere like that. But something has to change on the pitch, and it's just he's a dead man walking. He's he's silver when he had those five games, those three games. There's just there's literally no point, no point in it. My my big worry is is that. Chile has given massive backing in getting rid of Brands. As Dan said, you know, he's taking control of the club in, in a few months, more than Brands could in three and a half years. That's a massive worry. So, Michael, I'll come, I'll come to you on this. Benitez stays in the job. What does he need to do to get this team to win matches? Because as you said, honestly, I didn't... It's like that, you know, that cliche, sleepwalking into relegation. I didn't realise we had four points out of 40 games. Which, sorry, no. <laughs> whatever, whatever the stat was. I've had to drink throughout yeah. the second half of that. But four points out of a possible 40. So what does he need to do to turn around there? Well, yeah. When did we get most of our points this season at the start? How were we playing there? It was a sort of 4-4-2, wasn't it? With Richardson and and Calvert-Lewin and getting crosses in and and I think he's been done things before but that that was his only plan that that yeah. must that that must have been his powerpoint presentation of how I'm going to turn this squad into you know into into well beaters or you know eighth isn't good enough we must remember that um you know it and since Calvert-Lewin's gone Richardson got an injury you know there's there's no other plan. And, the you know, okay, Gray's playing quite well, but the person who was putting the crosses in, Townsend, has gone completely off the boil. So this master tactician, you know, I, I don't, the answer to your question is, Les, I don't really know how he does it. I don't really know. But this master tactician has got to find something with these players who now realistically only two players out of the, out of the first team are missing, Mina yeah. and Calvert-Lewin. So if he cannot find a way to make this team play well, turn up, not get beat three one by Crystal Palace, not get not get the bellies tickled by Wolves and whoever else in the last ten games has been, he's, if he can't get a tune out of it, he's he's past the sell by date then, isn't he? If he can't take this group of players and get something out of them without where when when one thing goes wrong. He's, he's not up to it. And the answer is, Les, he can't. This man can't. And, you know, we, we all know what happens. He loses the next couple. Ferguson comes in and it all, we'll just go into another cycle. And that's what's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen soon, we are banging trouble. I, I, I don't think everyone's there yet. I don't think we're all there yet. But, you know... I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm there. Come, I think we're banging trouble. Come with me, brother. Come with me, brother. <laughs> you, know, the, the, you know, if we don't, 
you know, these next few games, we're going to, you know, if we play like that, there is no way we'll, we'll pick up a point. No way. And then, and then where? And then Boxing Day, we, you know, it should, we're just, something has to change. We're not going to get big, like I said before, we're not going to get big change. There's, you know, we can't storm Finch Farm like the Finch Farm 7 did. We can't all, we can't all just, we can't, you know, there's no revolution. We can't, we can't, we can't do anything, but we have to change something on the pitch. And the only thing we can do is get rid of this shyster. Yeah, it's massive comes to you. It, it's a mid-table team playing relegation football, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not at the we're, we're in in really in real big trouble yet. I, I don't think that we are. I think we're I think we've got enough. We've got enough trouble, maybe. I I, I, I think I, I think I I think we're a twelfth to sixteenth team. I don't think we're a, a tenth to to sixteen by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I think you know Benitez is pinning his hopes on Calvert Lewin, and the chances are when he comes back. There's going to be a centre half that's going to go right through him, and we're back to square one again with with what, what we've got now. So I personally, I think that he's going to he'll have the Chelsea game, he'll have the Leicester game, um, and then I, I think they might pull the trigger. Genuinely, 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 I think they might pull the trigger because midday against Leicester at home, nobody's going to be up for it. And if the team start like that, the, the place, the, the paint will be coming off the place. There'll be absolute murder. Yeah, it, it's got the potential to be, again, to coin a phrase, toxic. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there, there is, there, there is a, a, a nucleus of, of, of good players at, at the club. But the, the, the difficulty is, is that we've, we've had somebody like Ancelotti who... So it was very, very pragmatic, and you know he had he had a set way of playing, and it worked away from home. It didn't work at home, and I think honestly, I think if we had a crowd there when he was doing producing those home performances last season, then I think I think he would have been banging trouble in the doors. Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking that today. The, 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 I don't think those honestly, performances happened with a crowd. Both. No, I don't think those away performances do either. No, I, 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 I think I, I think it would have balanced itself out, but you know when you're when you're second on on New Year's Day, and then you end up tenth, you know, then that 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 should have painted a picture of all wasn't rosy with 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 this. But to answer your question, how we get out of it, I think that we need a manager who's going to come in and just have the plan. We there's there's just no plan, as the guys have said. You know, once we get past Plan A, there's no Plan B, C, D, or E, and you need somebody who's going to be able to tell the players right this don't work we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this and it's adaptable in games you know you see it with half a dozen managers in this league and sadly you know they're the half a dozen who are light years ahead of, of where we should be or where we are and that, that's, that's where we want to be just, um, just out of interest sorry to interrupt because yeah, I mean sure. I think we've, we've all sort of said about that we're not happy with the manager yeah. now yeah, you know, I, I I was sort of I got to a point after the early start, yeah. the good start, where I was willing to give him a time and a life. Like Dan said, yeah. I I do subscribe to think of not not keep yeah. sacking managers, but yeah. let's hypothetically say now yeah. he loses the next two games and just becomes that yeah. toxic that he's gone. Yeah, who who would be like? Because I look at the fella in the opposite dugout today, and I think he's yeah. just been a breath of fresh air to Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, I, I think young managers coming through yeah. who I think we should maybe take a risk on if we get rid of Benitez. I, I'm just interested to know who you, who you should do, all go do you for. Know what? If it was. It's, it's, 
it, that's that's a great question because I, I've got two, uh, two at the opposite opposite ends of the scale. You can look at somebody like Lucien Favre, who wherever he's gone, he's invested heavily in youth development, and he's got two or three ways of playing. He's he's a very intelligent manager, and he he will build for the future. He'll he'll put steps in place where you'll have. Right, in, in year one, you were going to do this. Year two, year three, year... And everything's laid out in front of you. He did it. He did it in Germany. He did it in, he did it in France. So, yeah. that if, if, if you're going to look at longevity in, in sort of setting your club up, then that, I think he'd be, he'd be perfect. But then you've got Jesse Marsh, who's just left at Leipzig. And, you know, he works in the perfect model of where our club should be, where you've got, sporting director and everything is a chain of command everything filters downwards and there's a specific way of playing which is linked and aligned with two or three other clubs so they've got you've seen you know the red bull model works where they just move players around the clubs they move managers around the clubs and you've got an identity you've got a plan you've got a set way of playing you'll look for specific players and specific profiles. So you've got somebody at one end of the age spectrum, you've got somebody on the other age spectrum, and they're both available. None of them attached to clubs. They could walk in, walk in on Monday morning. So I wasn't, the reason, sorry, Les, I'll, I'll stop talking and say, the reason why I asked that, I wasn't being that person who does, well, if we sack Rafa, who are we going to get? And I wasn't being, I'm, I'm open to all suggestions, and, and I'll be honest, I don't know too much about the, the two managers you've just mentioned, Matt. Yeah. However, for me, it's got to that point now where I'd be willing to sort of take a risk on someone like that, something fresh, something new, something to breathe life into us again. You know, and as I say, admittedly, I don't know too much about them managers, but I think from what you said and how you describe it, that would be something where I could look at and go, do you know what, throw it to someone like that if he do pull the trigger on Benitez. I don't think they're going to do that, though. He's giving us back and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's that. that's the thing for me. It's, it's position at the minute. Tenable because there's absolutely no doubt that we're going to get smacked at Chelsea. Um, Leicester's not going to be an easy game, although they're not that good this season. We're horrendous. Burnley away, tough. Newcastle at home. Newcastle make arseholes out of us every season. Um, Steve Bruce beat Carlo Ancelotti twice in one season, for God's sake. So if anyone's expecting anything of the Newcastle game, just think back to that. His position doesn't look good, but as you say, I can't see him sacking the manager. And... Um, it really shouldn't be coming to that at this point in the season. What do you reckon? Where, where are you on on this? I, I mean, I think we're all. I think we're all aware that he's going nowhere. I think you don't allow a man to do what he's done in the last eight weeks. You know, Danny Donaghy's come out today, as, uh, this week, on his Twitter feed with a little quote about you know, sort of power hungry. Blah, 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 little, he's done little, some top snarking, to be honest. Yeah. Though. Some proper sly digs, you know, and um, you know. So I don't think we can. I think I think we can all be safe in the knowledge that it doesn't matter if we get humped six nil on Thursday. Um, he ain't going anywhere, and he's you know he's managed to he's managed to get into our club. He begged for the job because it was near his house, and he knew he couldn't lose. This is a man who knew he couldn't lose. He knows the city. He knew knew he couldn't lose here because 
he goes on, he gets his mates in the press to say they wouldn't, there was this problem and there were these people that wouldn't let me do this. And da, 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 da. he does the Mike Ashley thing, right? And he turns it against them. If he succeeds, he's a genius and his arrogance and his ego just gets buttered up like a Christmas turkey, right? If he gets binned off, he gets weighed out and all he's got to do is get an Uber home and he's like, happy days, right? The man can't lose. He will not get binned, even if we lose all the way through to the new year. Even if we get pumped all the way to the new year, that guy's going nowhere. Because Mishiri won't want his damaged, ridiculous. So he will hold on to dear life while this master, whether it's a steward, a ball boy, a toffee girl, whoever falls under his axe in the next few weeks to take the fall for his. We will not see that man rid of this club anytime soon. And the idea of us getting some, you know, semblance of competency by saying, do you know what? You know, there are these, you know, Brighton have just bought a Belgian feeder club, right? You know, they've got a great director of football, a really progressive modern manager, and they've just bought a Belgian feeder club. That's the way you should be doing stuff, right? That's the way we're all looking at stuff, like the Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig, like Matt was saying. That's the way you do things. You do things by creating feeder clubs, creating process, creating a cohesive, lineal pro view of where your football club is going. So you buy feeder clubs all over Europe, you create a formula, you get players 14, 16, 21 playing the same, you recruit the same type of player, identify coaches, and that's how you build. We are nowhere near that. We are so far from that level of competency. It is scary. It is scary how far away we are from basic football club competency. We are, we are a child playing in a gas works with a box of matches. That's what we are. Yeah, I think we did try that one really, when we bought Home Farm in the 90s and yeah. almost destroyed that club, to be honest. We, we, we took the kit off them and gave them our home kit and we nearly nearly bought them up. But we did get Richard Dunn out of it. So, uh, Mike, sorry, you just had to set up, this up soon, but Mike, you had something to say there, mate? Yeah, I, I was going to say a great point by Dan, but, Joe, you know, like, I don't even want all those little you know, nuances and, and new ways of thinking. I just want people to turn up against Crystal Palace away. Yeah. I just, that's all I want. I want them to, I want 11 players to be put on a pitch, to have a plan, to have a chance of yeah. competing in a football match. And for the last 10 games, and probably before it, papering over the cracks bit a bit, we haven't had that. And we're not going to have it anytime soon. So strap yourselves in. Early night, you know, we've, we've all been there before, you know, 94, 98. You know, at least it was interesting. At least the, the, the match mattered when you went and you really wanted to get behind them. They were more likeable then, you know, but come on. And, you know, if it does go bad, championship would be dead fun. I reckon it'd be dead fun. But, you know... <laughs> Let's let's see how it goes. But yeah, let, let's, just, let, let's just have 11 men with a plan and that'll do me for now. Then we can buy FISA clubs. <laughs> you know, let, let's just have That's, yeah. a fucking 
go at a game. You know, it's it's just so depressing. So depressing. Well, that's it. You know, Crystal Palace are the team that were below us going into the game. And we made them look that good. And they're not. You know, they're all right. They're not a bad side. The air has done well. He's probably surprised people this season. Um, but, you know, he's, he's done well there. They've got some great attacking players. They're a functional, decent Premier League side. And we've just been home 3-1. Matt, I'll, uh, I'll hand over to you for the final word on this. Yeah, some some breaking news. Um, so Mike Mike Parry, um, as as a shareholder, is lobbying for support to petition the board to get Benitez removed and Wayne Rooney installed as manager with Duncan Ferguson as his assistant. Brookside, it's Brookside. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's I'm just reading it now. He's, he's put he's put the tweet out. Oh, yeah, Bobby Grant, Bobby Grant's his manager. Berserk. He was Mike Bassett, so you know it, it might work out in the end. Put Rafa under the patio. That's it. So um, I'll, 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 read, I'll, I'll read this to you. So let's, to all, let's draw all that Everton fuck out of Rafa. So the tweet says, To all, all Everton fans, I am one of the few independent shareholders of our mighty club. I hate where we are. If I make a representation to the board that we, that we should exit Rafael Benitez and Capitals, appoint Wayne Rooney as our new manager with Dunk already in place, would you support me? I think we should just end the show there, Les, with yeah, that tweet by Mike Paddy. That so. sums up Everton right there, doesn't yeah. it? So let's just end the show there. <laughs> and, 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 then nice Everton, everyone. Yeah. and then Everton blew up. And then everyone yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon we just put, put Benitez and Mike Paddy in a, a shipping container and a fight to the death. <laughs> Whoever comes out gets their own way. Fuck it. That's where we are. Um, cheers for that, lads. It was it was cheers. a discussion, but not about the match. But then no one wants to talk about the match. Thanks for that. Um, thanks to Matt. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to Warren. Thanks to Mike. Um, it's another shit weekend for the Toffees. At least they happened on half four on a Sunday night and on half twelve on a Saturday afternoon. There is that. We enjoyed the weekend before the game. Uh, Chelsea up next. That should be a piece of piss. Uh, and someone else will probably have post match for that one because I certainly won't be doing it. Um, but yeah, we. We'll catch up then. Um, it can't get any worse. It definitely will. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Baker's. Baker's, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com slash boost. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.